The following podcast is taken from a live broadcast on Inspire FM. Catch a creative vibe on the Urban Cube with Sister Shamiza. And it feels like I can see the signs on the horizon every time You are not around, I'm slowly drifting Drifting away, wave after wave Hey, good morning and assalamu alaikum. This is uh, the Urban Cube Show with me, Shamiza, taking it all the way up to 12 o'clock this morning. It is 10 o'clock, Monday, 29th of July. And we're going live and direct to the lovely people of Luton surrounding areas, Peter and Sheffield, this morning. As always, a wonderful show full of great creative conversations with awesome guests, locally and nationally. Today's no exception, guys. I'm going to be joined by two amazing spoken word poets. But before I introduce who they are, we're catching up with Safe Adam. This beautiful song, Trust in Allah. Alhamdulillah, we have so many brothers But why don't we say salam when we walk past each other? Our elders are more focused on making profit When we should be teaching the youth the stories of our prophets Peace be upon them, may Allah forgive us The youth are telling me they don't know who to trust Everybody deserves a second chance Like Rabia Basmi from her homeland Iraq She used to pray from night to light And we take a million selfies just to choose what's nice Wallahi, if God is my witness We need to change, the Ummah's in crisis Famous poets with words so righteous When Alama Akbar lines have some of the answers I mean That's just the way it is Things will never be the same that's just the way it is Oh yeah, yeah, yeah I wish I could make it easy Easy to love me, love me But still I reach to find a way I'm stuck here in between I'm looking for the right words to say I'm slowly drifting Drifting away Wave after wave Wave after wave, I'm slowly drifting, drifting away. It feels like I'm drowning, pulling against the stream, I'm pulling against the stream. Praise Allah, Iron Man will grow. Inshallah, we'll go far, there's a long way to go. That's just the way it is. Things will never be the same. That's just the way it is Oh yeah, yeah, yeah So let's take a step back and look at the bigger picture A time on the surf can't be fixed with an Instagram filter All the sins we're accountable for So fear I'll last soon, there'll be a knock on the door We've got a chance to make a change, make a difference So let's begin this new day with a new intention So share this message, my brothers and sisters Let us be the change and let's be the difference Yeah Let us be the change and let's be the difference Beautiful track by Safe Adam, Trust in Allah. 
Absolutely wonderful start to the morning, guys. It is at ten, three minutes past ten, Monday, 29th of July. And you're listening to me, Shamiza, taking you all the way up to 12 o'clock on Where Else? It's Inspire FM. Hope you've had a fantastic weekend, guys. I really do hope you have. And you've not got a bit confused with the weather. Goodness me. It was sunny and then it started raining. What is going on? <laughs> A tad confused. So is my wardrobe. Um, how have you dealt with the weather at the weekend? What did you get up to? Um, I did. I did feel quite refreshed and saw it as a blessing that it started raining because it was quite intense, um, the heat. So, subhanAllah. I'm glad it started raining and um, there's lots of burka in rain. It's a beautiful mercy. It really is. Guys, this is the Urban Cube with me, Shamiza, taking you all the way to 12 o'clock, a show that celebrates faith-inspired creativity and positive action with some of the very fantastic trailblazing guests that are in the studio and over the phone that um, join me locally and nationally. Today is no exception. I'm joined by two phenomenal spoken word poets. One that is a dentist in the day and a published poet performer in the evening i'm sure you're curious to find out a little bit more about who this gentleman is he's joining joining me over the phone all the way from birmingham after 11 o'clock inshallah and my other guests will be joining me all the way from liverpool so she's another tremendous spoken word poet who will be performing uh, a piece on the show this morning and um, really looking forward to f- sharing a little bit more information about her this morning too as well so that will be 10.05 sorry 10.35 when um, my wonderful guest Amina Atik will be joining me to share her creative journey as well as some spoken word poetry now guys we are we've got the banner for facebook live up um so there's no cameras in the studio this morning but you are free to leave comments on the comment box and also to WhatsApp us as well this morning on 0779481822. Now, the show uh, has uh, quite a lot of interesting topics that we're going to be talking about. We are going to be talking about mental health and identity and using the means of uh, of uh, art in order to kind of express, express this. Um, this is something that both my guests are very, very successful in doing so but I'm also going to be asking you guys your thoughts as well on the topics that we're going to be discussing this morning and I'll be sharing what those topics are very very shortly now the whatsapp is 0779481822 if you'd like to join in with any of the conversations or want to ask questions relating to the career prospects of our our um, guests this morning now I have been following social media and catching up with a lot of my former students and um, friends as well who've been graduating and a lot of, lot of graduations have happened across the country. Massive big congratulations to all those that have graduated. Now, um, it must be a ex- very, very exciting time for the family and those that have graduated today. So congratulations to 
everyone that has graduated and is graduating and a massive big mubarak's to you guys uh, for the new phase of your lives what an exciting time now the question i'm asking you this morning guys is if you've graduated in a degree is that the career you are in now if you've graduated in a degree is that the career you are in now would love to find out. Now, a recent survey has suggested that more than 65% of um, graduates don't actually enter their field of profession that they've studied for over three to four years. Is that you? Um, And I'd love to know why you've chosen to kind of change direction. Now, many people tend to change directions in careers as once they they get a bit a little bit more older, they get a little bit more experience, they find out a little bit more about themselves. So they feel that, you know, there are other things that they want to do uh, and experience. Other people have just fallen into it accidentally. um, And uh, they have, they have just nurtured a, a totally different career. I know a lot of, lot of like lawyers and um, IT professionals that enter the field and then leave it to become teachers. Is that somebody, is that sound, does that sound like somebody like you? Would love to know. Would love to find out your story. 07779481822. That is the number to contact us this morning to share your experiences. So the question I'm asking you, if you graduated in a degree, is that the career you are in now? Is that the career you are in now? And any advice you'd like to give to budding graduates out there regarding the professional world? And in particular, um, I'd love to, and also I've been reading about the fact that in 10 years time, most of the jobs that people are qualifying in or graduating in won't exist, which is quite worrying. Um, We'll find out what those jobs are. Not to make anybody nervous on the show this morning. It is about motivating you. Um, I'm hopefully motivating you on this wonderful Monday morning. The weather is very mild in Luton. What's the weather like in your part of the country? I heard it was raining really quite heavily in the north of Manchester. Um, but we did have lots of sun, um, but not as not as hot as it had been earlier in the week. I understand the temperature was very, very high. Um, we were heading into th- the 30s, um, so which was quite exciting. You didn't need to travel out of the country. You just needed to kind of sit out in your garden. We had it all and now the weather has changed. It's got cold. As Brits, we can't handle it when it's too hot. We can't handle it when it's too cold. Goodness me, where what what are we like? Love to find out um, what, how you're experiencing the different change in weather this morning. Um, so utterly, utterly uh, delighted to kind of keep your company this morning. The summer holidays have started, guys. Children, I believe, are all at home. What are you getting up to? What are you planning to do with the children? Do share your your thoughts with us this morning. Um, as always, 07779 I'm Shamiza. This is the Urban Cube. You're tuned in to Inspire FM. And we're going to be catching up with a few nasheeds this morning, adding a little bit of uh, a summer vibe to the show with lots of inspiring nasheeds. I'll be playing one out to you very, very shortly. But just before then, just to catch up with you on what's happening on the show this morning. I'm joined by... 
by two fantastic guests on the show and they're going to be taking us to some spoken word. Um, on the show today I'm joined by Gamil Mohammed, a poet, spoken word and visual artist and a dentist born and raised in Birmingham. His work explores identity, community, Islam, the British-Pakistani diaspora, masculinity and international activism. Now, he's worked with organisations including Beat Freaks, Birmingham, Rep and has performed with the Outspoken live on BBC Asian Network at the Midlands Arts Centre, the Birmingham Hippodrome and Icon Gallery. I'll be discussing Carmel's compelling poetry debut, Mute Men. The collection is a brutally honest collage of disconnect, of a boy stumbling into manhood, processing a straight history whilst probing his place in the world. I'm also joined by Amina Atik, a Yemeni scouse writer, performance artist, workshop facilitator and activist. She's been featured on various artistic platforms such as the BBC Radio 5 Live, BBC Radio 6 Music, The Independent and British Muslim TV. And her recent work involves co-writing a play with Icefire Theatre, which premiered in Liverpool Arts Fe- Arts Arab Arts Festival in 2018, and in collaboration with LAFF. She's partnered with Liverpool and Leeds University in delivering its first ever national arts engagement project funded by the British Academy. And I'll be talking to her about her performance at the Home Theatre in Manchester, which was a summer final showcase of spoken word in conjunction with BBC. BBC um, Extra, an exciting platform showcasing diverse voices from many different backgrounds on such a huge platform. Super excited to hear from both of these amazing, amazing spoken word artists who will also performing on the show very, very shortly. But just before then, we're going to heading to a track, and this is Halid uh, Halid Sadiq and its guidance. Sometimes I feel like a lost soul Sometimes I feel like there's no hope Sometimes this world gets me stressed out I'm all messed up, I need your help now Right over here, I know you can see me. 
lights go down, I hit the ground. I know you see me standing here. I just came to make a prayer. I'm in a corner trying to find you. Oh, I need you to guide me, cause I'm trying to find my way back home. Please don't leave me here alone. Another beautiful track playing on the Urban Cube. A little bit of a treat because I don't normally play tracks, but I don't have a guest this morning, so I'm filling it in with Nasheeds. But do tell me, folks, do you like the show to have a few Nasheeds played whilst we have conversations with our guests this morning? Now, um, the show is Facebook Live, and that's why we don't have Nasheeds played, because unfortunately it cuts out the feed. But um, today um, I'm over the phone uh, with the guests, so nobody's in the studio apart from myself this morning. It is a wonderful, cool morning this um, today. I hope you are enjoying your break, if you're having a break, if you're a teacher, that is, because the teachers are off school, yay! <laughs> um, would want, would love to find out what you're getting up to. A massive big uh, congratulations and well done to all the teachers who've been working very, very hard to get your children through the academic year. And a massive big congratulations to those of you who've graduated as well today, at, well, this week or last week or the coming weeks. It must be such a tremendous, tremendous experience uh, for you uh, to just get to the tail end of your three to four years of hard work and graft and study. Wow, wow, I remember graduating and it was a tremendous, tremendous feeling. It was unbelievable. It, you you work so hard uh, all those years and then it just feels like a fleeting memory when you're up there getting your gown on and getting the diploma. What an amazing, amazing experience. And I've had the blessing of that experience. But what I'm asking you guys this morning is if you have graduated in a degree, um, is that the career you're actually in now? Interestingly, I graduated in a degree in politics. That was my first degree. I did a BA in politics and management. Um, however, and my, my master's was um, completely different. Um, I went on to do a teaching degree, um, but I never started off wanting to do teaching. And I'm actually now um, in the field of writing and um, broadcast journalism so I've had a bit of a, a bit of a turnaround but I think with with ex life experience um, and finding who I am and what I'm interested in I don't regret that journey but are you somebody that has a complete 360 t degree turnaround um to what you actually started studying. We'll be asking that question to our guests this morning um, because it's really quite inspiring to hear from people what their thoughts were originally, um, what they thought they'd be and who they've become. But we are always evolving as individuals. We're always evolving. Um, and there is, a, 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 there is research suggesting that those that hit the age of 40 do ch tend to leave their careers and look for something else to do. Um, when money isn't the factor anymore, it's more about self-fulfillment. Does that sound like you? 
Are you somebody that's actually wanting to kind of go into um, a different career but doesn't have the confidence to do so? Do tell me. And the way to do that is 07779481822. Folks, the show you're listening to is The Urban Q and on Inspire FM, a show that positively or a radio station that positively inspires the community. Now, the time is 10.20, Monday 29th of July, and I'm Shamiza taking you all the way up to 12 o'clock. Now, we've got a show full of creative conversations, quirky snippets, Nasheed's playing from some great artists, and some live poetry for you guys to get, um, get listening to. Loads going on this Monday morning. Hopefully, it's motivating you wherever you're listening in from, be that at home, in the car, wherever you are, do do get in touch with me this morning and tell me how you're getting on. Would love to hear from you on 07779481822. Now, um, I am also also um, asking you the question, if you've graduated in a degree, is that the career you are in now? Is that the career you are in now? Um would love to find out. Now, uh, we're heading off um, to a track and uh, we are listening to Seed, um, Keep Us Close. We grew up far apart, so who would have known? Thank God when places here under one home You changed my life that day And I thank the Lord For placing a love like this In our beating hearts Robbie, I have waited so long Now I see all of this was your plan I wish I'd known this all along Oh, I never could imagine that I'd find a loving soul like hers Oh, how you work in all your ways Oh, Lord, you blessed us both when we fell alone You brought our hearts together and you made us one Oh, Lord, you gave us love and I ask that you smile like you always are we'll keep our lord first wherever we are and teach our kids to be true to who they are robbie i've waited so long now i see all of this was your plan i wish i'd known this all along oh 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 i never could imagine that i'd find a loving soul like hers oh how you Just both when we fell alone You brought our hearts together and you made us one Oh Lord, you gave us love And I ask that you keep our hearts together until we grow old I pray you keep us close 
We're heading off to a break and we're heading off to a After, we'll be joined by another two fantastic guests. I'll be joined by Amina Atik, who'll be talking to us about her creative journey, a journey that uh, is super, super exciting. She's been a guest on the show um, in the past, so it's an absolute pleasure to have her joining us. We'll be catching up with her as well as Camille Mohammed to talk about his book, Mute Men, which is a wonderful collection of poetry celebrating his journey um, as a British Pakistani Muslim man brought up in Sparkhill um, and believe it or not he's also a dentist so we'll be finding out from him and I'm asking you this question this morning if you graduated in a degree is that the career you're in now would love to find out on 0779481822 we're heading off to a break and inshallah join me straight after this assalamu alaikum Assalamualaikum. This is Atif Nawaz. Listen to Inspire FM shows in your time by heading over to inspirefm.org or listen on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Catch a creative vibe on the Urban Cube with Sister Shamiza. Good morning and assalamualaikum. It is 10.30, Monday 29th of July, and you are listening to Shamiza taking you all the way up to 12 o'clock on The Urban Cube, a show that celebrates faith-inspired creativity and positive action from creatives that are local, national, and international trailblazing their passion of artistic creativity and journey. Now, the show is going live and direct uh, from Luton Surrounding Area's Peterborough and Sheffield this morning. On the first part of the show, I tried something new. I was playing some Nasheeds um, by Saeed, Saif Adam and Khalid Sadiq. So it would be interesting to find out if you like that combination of conversation and some great nasheeds as well. Some great covers by these nasheed artists that were played earlier on. Now the repeat of the show is 8pm and um, after... After 8pm, you know, you can always catch up with the conversations of the show on the podcast that will be also uh, shared as well on the Inspire FM Facebook page and other platforms too. Now, you can join in with the the conversations on the show today. And the question I have is, if if you have graduated in a degree, is that the career you're in now? Now, um, I was just sharing my experience that my first degree was in politics, but it's not really an area that I've actually gone out to po- to potentially work in very passionate about 
politics and and social policy. However, um, I ended up teaching and then going towards a media media line. I have no regrets in studying the degree, but I've not really actively used it as much as I would possibly like to. Is that you? Is Are you somebody that's actually started off doing a degree which, and now you're not actually in that career, or are you a graduate? Well, you've basically decided that you want to move away from the subject that you've trained in and you want to try something new. Would love to find out your experiences on 07779481822. It is the holidays, guys, and parents and children, what are you getting up to? You might want to actually attend the Inspire FM Eid celebration. Now, we had a fantastic Eid um, at Inspire FM, the fun fair that happened um, uh, earlier on, um, uh, Eid al-Fitr, and now it, for Eid al-Adha, we have another wonderful celebration um, at Lucy Park on the 11th and 12th of August from 12pm to 8pm, and this is in support of refugee children. 25 funfair rides, inflatables, Hannah face painting games, kids' zone, archery, stage performance and cricket, arts and craft, bazaar, food court and lots more. So if you really enjoyed the first Eid Fun Fair, which is all about making sure that every child smiles across Luton and no child goes without going on a Fun Fair ride, well, we are now doing another Inspire FM Eid. Uh, to, together we celebrate and the charity partner is Crisis Aid. So it's at Lucy Park um, and we'll be throughout the week sharing information about this. So another exciting event to attend with the children, which is hopefully, inshallah, going to be affordable because it's all about the affordability. And I know there's lots of children now who've broken up for school. So inshallah, something to look forward to. Now we're heading off to another track. um, And inshallah, um, after this track, we will be going to our first guest on the show who will be Amina Atik. So, playing out a track which is by Omar Issa, Dunya, featuring Elias Mayo. <laughs> in this dunya feeling so trapped in this dunya i just wanna run from this dunya yeah 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 i'm so lost in this dunya but i'm about to play this dunya the dean is a key to this dunya yeah 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 cause i got allah who is king of dunya yeah i got allah who is king of you dunya yeah this dunya Got me running through the six with my woes and my fresh new kicks This dunya is a fall, makes me slip me this prayer so I do not quit I've been holding on to you so long So many promises just turned so wrong No more, no more, you ain't messing with my mind No more, no more, you ain't playing with my soul No more, no more, you ain't leading me astray No more, no more, I'm done with your games now I'm so lost in this dunya Feeling so trapped in this dunya I just wanna run from this dunya Yeah, 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 yeah I'm so lost in this dunya But I'm about to play this dunya The Dean is a key to this dunya Yeah, 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 yeah Cause I got Allah who is king of dunya Yeah 
Focused on everything but the one Who blessed me with all that I've become I got my mind on Dunya and the Dunya's on my mind I know I shouldn't run to you I got my mind on Dunya and the Dunya's on my mind I know I shouldn't run to you I've been riding through the six with my woes I've been gliding through the tricks with my flows It leaves his cunning things he slick But I know with his faith I'm gonna stick to this road I'm on the straight path on that middle way On route to Allah and the road is straight And I know, I know I'm too quick to let go So I pray I stay steadfast and stay Dunya, you play with Akis Akis Dunya, you play with Uptis Uptis I'm a kung fu, you Dunya I'm a drop kick, you Dunya Who do you think you are? You're nothing compared to That's Omar Issa Dunya featuring Elias Mayo. And now, folks, this is the Urban Cube. You're listening to Shemaiza, 10.38, Monday, 29th of July. A show that celebrates faith-inspired creativity and positive action with some of the finest creatives, the trailblazers that are local national and international on the show this morning as always joining me are some tremendous guests and this guest is no exception she is making her mark across the spoken world spoken word field she's a wordsmith extraordinaire who is um really really shaking up the spoken word scene mashallah we've had the pleasure of um this wonderful remarkable lady on the show um earlier on in the year so it's an absolute pleasure to have her joining me back on the show again um who am i talking about i'm talking about no other than amina atik she's a yemeni scouse writer performance artist and workshop workshop facilitator and activist she's been featured on various artistic platforms such as bbc radio 5 live bbc radio 6 music the independent british Mus- and british muslim tv recent work involves co-writing a play with Ice Fire Theatre, which was premiered in the Liverpool Arab Arts Festival in 2018 in collaboration with LAFF. Now, she's partnered with Liverpool and Leeds 
University in delivering its first ever national arts engagement project funded by the British Academy. And alongside this, she's been recognised for her activism with many a charity as well. I have absolute pleasure inviting no other than Amina Atik on the show this morning. Assalamu alaikum. I'm super, super okay. How are you all the way in Liverpool this morning, Amina? I'm really well. Thank you for that int- introduction. <laughs> I think there's more that needs to be said, and it's been absolutely tremendous following your journey, especially this Saturday where you performed at the Home Theatre as the first yeah. final, the first summer showcase final with um, BBC Extra, um, and this was a celebration of some of the leading diverse poets across the country. It's the first time it's been ever done. To see you up there was tremendous. Amina, so congratulations and share with us your experience. Oh no, thank you. No, it was um, to be honest. Um, I I found it online, applied for it. Um, I did have a few friends who had been on it before. Okay. So I think it has been running for about five years, but only till about in the last two years it's become quite popular. Mm. Um, but yeah, I just applied for it. I honestly didn't even know it was a competition. I thought it was a set of workshops. <laughs> So I put myself in the defender, didn't I? And um, but you know what? I'm glad I did it because it's really, really challenged me. It's really stretched me as a as an artist and as a creative. And I just yeah, and I'm really, really honoured to be like the Northwest finalist. Um, and but hopefully fingers crossed because yesterday was the final showcase. Mm-hmm. The six of us will be chosen to perform in Hull um, in September. Um, so yeah, it's really, really exciting and I'm glad I've done it. I mean, I made a lot of changes to my performance, to my writing within two workshops. Within two workshops, that's all yeah. it took to change your performance style and we're going to catch up with how you're able to do that um folks if you're listening in we are speaking to no other than perfor- performance poet Amina Atik, who is joining us this morning, is 10.42. If you'd like to join in with any of the conversation, it's 07779-481822. If you'd like to uh, join in and find out, you know, and ask, well, I'm asking you guys, if you've graduated in a degree, is that the career you're in now? That's a question I'm asking you guys this morning. Amina, I'm asking you this question as well, my dear. (laughs) If you've graduated in a degree, is that the career you're in? now yeah i am and um, so i've done english and creative writing and um, graduating in november but um i you know it was it was a i i went to university quite late and um, it wasn't after straight after sixth form and i'm glad i did i took my time to find out what it is i was passionate about mm. and i remember sitting down with my dad and saying to him you know what this is what i want to do and you know as any father quite protective you know second generation in the UK, you know, we want a stable income. And, of course. And, but, so I, I said to him, no, I, I, want, I want to wake up every morning knowing that I'm going to wake up for something that I'm looking forward mm. to. And do you know what? Three years later, and I'm getting up every morning excited, oh, wow. nervous, overwhelmed, and just ready to do things. And you know what? I, I probably on my, on my laptop 10 hours a day, but I don't feel it. 
out of passion. Passion, that's what I was going to say. That is clear dedication and passion. But you shouldn't be on your laptop 10 hours a day. That's not healthy. <laughs> but that's the thing, though. I know, I know. But that's the thing that I don't even realise I'm on that laptop for that long. So what are you doing on your laptop at that time? Creating... You know, looking for applications. Also, you know, looking at other, what other people are doing, mm-hmm. giving some inspiration, supporting other artists as well. But yeah, and what I'm trying to say is, it's do what you're passionate mm-hmm. because, I mean, we need everyone in this world. Like, we need the businessman, we need mm-hmm. the doctor, we need the lawyer, we need the writer. So there is a place for everyone in every industry. And I love doctors and lawyers. And I love the fact that you said that there is a place for everybody in the industry and every job requires an angle of creativity. You can be a lawyer and a poet at the same time, or you could be a dentist and a poet at the same time, just like my next guest, who is um, Kamil Mahmoud, who is also a dentist and a poet. So you can do the two things definitely definitely now folks i'm speaking to amina atik who is the northwest finalist at um the uh showcase final that happened at the home theater now what is this p this showcase called exactly it's bbc's BBC Words Fair, Words, Words First. Okay, BBC <laughs> Words First. And you yeah. are the uh, Northwest finalist. How does it sound to be called the Northwest finalist? That sounds really quite gangster. <laughs> I know, it does sound quite gangster. Um, I think I'm really honoured, to be honest. I'm absolutely honoured. Sometimes I do like, have that kind of like self-belief and lack of confidence, which a lot of writers do, mm. you know, because we live in a world where we're not respected enough. And our careers, look like, you know, sound like hobbies and we're not academic enough. But to be honest, when I got the email saying, congratulations, you're through to the next round, I was like, I actually called them up and said it was that email for me. Oh, wow. <laughs> and <laughs> so it sure was. Bit, like, yeah, but you know what? Everyone that we performed on my stage was just really, really good. And mm. I don't know how the judges made that choice because everyone was just amazing. I was mm-hmm. blown away. I saw a teaser and I've actually shared it on my Facebook and you're featured in that teaser of some of the dynamic words that were being presented at that showcase an absolute absolute pleasure to listen to I had an invitation to go down I wasn't able to go down there Manchester is so far away Um, but I'm glad I was able to uh, listen in and I'm glad that you were part of it it makes me so proud to see you up there Amina and have you here this morning talking to us on the Urban Cube makes my heart flutter so thank you so very much for that we will have the pleasure of listening into one of your pieces very very shortly Um, but coming back to today's question um, for the show if you've if you've graduated in a degree is that the career you're in now now Amina has just said that you know she took some time out um after sixth form then she decided that she wanted to do creative writing you didn't is it an English degree that you did um Amina and you haven't looked back no, haven't looked back. So, which is absolutely wonderful. Now, Amina, are, you know, you talked about having this conversation with your father. And how did your father respond and react to you making this decision? Because coming from sort of um, a BAME background, um, you're Yemeni and you're Scouse, um, like mm. lots of sort of um, Muslim families or parents are not too keen 
or feel quite yeah. nervous about their children taking up creativity as they feel that it's, it's a career that doesn't really bring in a secure income? Well, you know what, you know, obviously my dad was protective over and he did, mm. he did kind of let me know. Like, I, I'm glad he gave me that advice because he told me it's quite unstable and I didn't think it was that unstable. So, as obviously as a freelancer and self-employed, but, you know, I'm glad he gave me that advice. But then I also have to understand, you know what I mean? Like, I am a second generation in this country, so mm. they have a right to be nervous, overprotective. But I'm glad we were able to communicate that, you know, as adults. And but then my dad didn't doubt that, you know. I'm, I'm, I work hard and I'm passionate. So, and he does. He's my biggest supporter. And um, and I'm sure they're very, very proud because your success has been phenomenal. You've been um, engaging with some leading organisations to celebrate your work, and also you've been doing some playwriting as well. What was that experience like working for the Arab Arts Festival? Yeah, well, the Arabos Festival was, like, the first organisation to kind of pay me <laughs> as a writer. You know? Pay you as a writer? So you... Yeah, which was five years ago. And okay, mashallah. They, you know, they were the first to commission me, you know. And the Arabos Festival are the backbone of, you know, of my success as a, as a writer. They literally nurtured me from, you know, and also writing on the wall, which mm-hmm. is an organisation based in Liverpool. But the Liverpool Arabs constantly, every single year, they will challenge me, they will give me unexpected things to do. And then also, you know, respect me as a writer. They've never treated me, you know, especially because I'm Arab and I'm part of that community. Mm. And, yeah, I just want to thank, I thank them. And I do, I thank them every time I see them because... I'm doing a lot of work with them this year as well, with young people. And, and, and working with young people, it seems to be the core and passion that you really embody because this has been recognised on a number of platforms. Mm. You've been awarded for um, engaging with young people with many a charity. So congratulations on that. Um, why do you feel it's important for you as a young person, because you're very young yourself, to inspire other young people? Well, you know, what? I grew up and I went into this creative industry I had there was no one around me that looked like me that told stories like me so I did feel a bit lonely everyone was quite nice anyway you know get mm. loads of orange juice um, and <laughs> glasses of orange juice um, but there was no one there that was you know I just felt it did feel a bit lonely at the start but I want to make sure that you know while me while creating my own art that I'm a hopefully become a role model for mm. other young people just so that they've got someone else there who's already opened them doors gone through them barriers and just makes it easy made it easier for them and hopefully get a platform for them in liverpool Mashallah. where they're able to perform because you know in the creative industry a lot of open mics and perform poetry is in bars mm, and mm. i know coming from a muslim background mm. maybe a lot of muslim young people might not want to go and of course but hopefully we can create a platform that suits their needs because they deserve it and they have they have a right for that platform wow Folks, listening to Amina Atik, she's speaking to us all the way from Liverpool um, this morning. Uh, absolutely loving the Scouse accent. Oh, my gosh. You know that's one of the reasons why I always invite you on the show. Um, what is the weather like there this morning? I've got to you know ask what? you that it's question. A, it's lo- that's such a British thing, isn't it? Of course. Um, <laughs> you know, it's lovely today. The sun's come out sort of like a pink top, like a bright pink top. I don't know why. 
go for it. Now that pink top is resonating your vibe this morning, which is really bubbly and um, jovial. Now I would love you to perform a piece. Now we it is ten fifty one, so um, yeah. we are kind of heading towards a break. So is there a piece that you could share with us this morning? Yeah, yeah, I'll I'll do um I'll do um uh, a section. Okay, thank you very much. And you will have to speak a little bit louder because it's quite faint, your voice, all the way from Liverpool. Girls like us, settled in this foreign place, we buried our mother's tongues in our back gardens to find the roots have outgrown even deeper. A sacrifice that haunts you every time you sing your mother's anthem. But girls like us pass borders with our homes on our backs, dancing, dancing, two-step, melody around the immigration officer. I flutter my tongue. I recite my tribal name, explaining to him why I don't look like a Mary Jane. And I still smell like my grandma's spices and lime. And girls like us are told to throw our veils in the river. And no letterbox delivers here, and you wait for Trump to blow his trumpet. And you wait for the right-wing party to chant up your street. And you hide behind your curtains, sucking on your mother's olives. But you keep on dancing. You keep on dancing around the guy who huffs and puffs down your neck. And he mutters his hate. You tighten your scarf and you sit up to let him know that you are unpacking your bags and settling here because girls like us befriended our enemy. And it only meant singing your mother's anthem in a foreign place. But it's too broken to sit on your tongue. You stutter her vows. Wahdati, wahdati, ummati, ummati. Thank you. <laughs> wow. Utterly, utterly beautiful. So, so this profound. Is where I was at the BBC um, showcase yesterday. Oh. We have had the pleasure, folks, of listening to Amina Atik performing her piece, which was presented at the BBC Word First final showcase. She is the Northwest finalist, and we've had the absolute pleasure of hearing her perform an extract from this piece. And this piece was called... Uh, my mother's anthem in a foreign place my mother's anthem in a foreign place how utterly beautiful amina it's been an absolute pleasure having you join us this morning thank you so very much for sharing that beautiful piece which we i've proudly um, can say i've had the pleasure of listening to and the fact that it was a showcase final you are the finalist at the bbc word first um and i'm wishing you the very best of luck just like all the listeners is there anything you'd like to say to the listeners just before um you you head off because you're going off to london we would love your actual social media handles that would be helpful yeah um my social medias are my name which is a m i n a a-T-I-Q that's for Instagram and Facebook and then for Twitter you just add poetry at the end fantastic and how can people uh, do you have another performance that people can um, attend how can people come and watch you at this final in Hull um, well I, we don't know yet okay um, so we make it to the northwest, but we'll, we'll be we'll be told soon about who's in the final of 
um, the whole world. So fingers crossed. I mean, if I don't get it, I'm really still honoured to become to be the Northwest finalist. Regardless. Well, well, um, I'm honoured to have you on the show this morning. Thank you so very much, Amina, no, for no, sharing no, that absolutely so beautiful have. piece. Have a lovely, lovely day as well. Thank you. Take care. That was the... Assalamu alaikum. That was a tremendous Amina Atik who performed a piece uh, that she uh, presented um, as part of the BBC Word First Showcase Final, which happened in Manchester at the Home Theatre, a beautiful venue with a number of talented creatives performing um, poetry folks we're heading off to a break after the break i'm joined by another another tremendous guest who is a dentist by day and a published poet by night so speak to him very very shortly take care assalamu alaikum you're listening to an inspire fm podcast making available our popular programs from our daily broadcast on inspire fm Check Creative Vibe on the Urban Cube with Sister Shamiza. Good morning and assalamu alaikum. It is 11 o'clock Monday, 29th of July and you're listening to me, Shamiza, taking you all the way up to 12 o'clock on where else? The Urban Cube show, of course. Beaming out to the absolutely glorious listeners across Luton surrounding areas and the fantastic folk on in Peterborough on Salaam Radio and Sheffield Link FM. You can catch the conversation on the repeat of uh, which is 8pm this evening as well as Facebook Live, the app and podcast. You c- there is no way getting away from this show. Now this morning we've had a bit of a twist to the show because I've actually included quite a few nasheeds which has been quite an interesting thing to do. So I'd love to have some feedback whether you'd like some nasheeds played in uh, the show. We've had Saif Adam, Omarisa, Saeed and Khalid, um, Khalid Siddiqui as well and But topping it all up, we've had the pleasure of spoken word that was performed by no other than um, um, Amina Atik, who is a Scouse, um, Arab young lady who is making her mark across the spoken word scene. She's a performer, performing poet um, and an activist, and she has made the final of the BBC Word First Uh, showcase which happened in Manchester the home theatre she is one of six who will then go on to perform in Hull we wish her the very best of luck we had the pleasure of her performing her piece that she performed there um, called my mother's anthem in a foreign place which was such a beautiful profound celebration of her mother's journey which I utterly utterly had the pleasure of listening into and I hope you guys did too. Now Amina also talked to us about her passion for writing and her passion for her present career as a creative writer, as a poet, as a performing artist. Now she talked to us about what not what you know enjoying enjoying going to work enjoying developing her craft spending 10 hours on her laptop um because she is just enjoying embracing the the creativity um 
and the platform she's able to engage with. Now, she did a creative writing degree, an English degree, and she's actually living her dream career-wise. I'm asking you guys, if you've graduated in a degree, is that the career you are in now? I will be catching up with um, your thoughts on that very, very shortly. Um, if you want to join in with the conversation, it's 07779 um, 481822. If you want to catch up or uh, if you want to share your thoughts now, I've got a degree in politics, so but I'm not really in that field at the moment. I've had a bit of a, a complete change and turnaround. What I did was I balanced my um, passion whilst working as a teacher and a media professional and, and radio and writing. And I did lots and lots of different things as well as being a mother, uh, looking, bringing up my children. So I kind of used my skill sets and adapted it around motherhood too. But I'm sure this is... Um, this is something that uh, men, many of you may do and many of you may are wanting to do. I'd love to find out from you. Um, we're going to be heading off to a track and after the track I'm going to be joined by another tremendous guest who is actually working as a professional in the NHS and is also um, a published poet too. Goodness me, how, you know, I bet you're thinking, how was he able to do both of them. He's doing it and he's doing it very, very well. But before we speak to the very tremendous Kamil Mahmoud, I'm going to be heading off to a Nasheed and after the Nasheed, inshallah, we'll be joining Kamil. Khuda hazir hai. خدا موجود خدا Ya ilaha illallah, ya ilaha illallah, ya ilaha illallah, Muhammad 
beautiful track by Maher Zain and Salim Suleiman. Ya Khuda. Um, we'll be joining our next guest, Ramil Mohammed Mahmoud, very, very shortly. So keep listening to this tune. The time is seven minutes past 11 and you're listening to the Urban Cube. Absolutely beautiful track by uh, Maher Zain and Salim Suleiman. What a what a sound! What an absolutely beautiful sound! It's the first time I've actually heard that track um, and really kind of embraced embraced the lyrics. So beautiful. Now, folks, you're listening to the Urban Cube with me, Shamiza, taking it all the way up to twelve o'clock. The time is nine minutes past eleven, and it's a show that celebrates faith-inspired creativity and positive action with some of the very best trailblazers that are local, national, and international. Today's show is no exception. I'm joined by another phenomenal creative who's making his mark in the spoken word scene now interesting fact about this delightful young man he is a dentist by profession folks and a published poet by evening and um, we're going to be finding out a little bit more about how this journey came about of creativity and working at the NHS. I'm sure you can mix the two. He's surely proving that you clearly can. Now the, today the question we've been asking all our guests is if you're graduated in a degree is that the career you're in now? So I'm wondering if my guest Carmel Mahmood who is a poet, a spoken word and visual artist born and raised in Birmingham can answer this. Now, he work, his work explores identity, community, Islam, the British-Pakistani diaspora, masculinity and international activism. He combines contemporary commentary with narratives of the often overlooked and heard, unheard championing words as tools for change. He's worked with organisations including Beat Freaks, Birmingham, Rep, Amazonic, Sampad, the National Heritage Memorial Fund and has performed with Outspoken live on BBC Asia Network at the Midlands Arts Centre, the Birmingham Hippodrome, Icon Gallery, as well as Cheltenham and Verve Poetry Festivals. He's been described as a wordsmith of, of the ages whose lyrics permeate zygist and a promising prospect for the UK poetry scene. Now, we'll be talking to him about his compelling debut, Mute Men, which is a wonderful collection of an honest collection, which is brutally honest, 
if I may say so, of disconnect of a boy stumbling into manhood, processing a strayed history whilst probing his place in the world. I have the absolute pleasure of inviting Kamil Mahmoud on the show this morning. Assalamu alaikum, Kamil. Waalaikum salam, how are you doing? I'm very well, I'm very, very well this morning. Now you're joining us all the way from Birmingham over the phone. How is Birmingham this morning? Oh, it's actually quite beautiful. Blue skies, um, I'm not sure what the temperature is, but it's probably in the 20s. Fantastic. So we've got a little, we've got a good blue sky there. I mean, it's it's been quite tremendous this weekend. How did you cope with the change of weather? Oh, yeah, I don't know. To be honest, it's been a bit, it's been uh, quite disgusting, <laughs> especially at night time, because um, I was on night shift uh, last week and um, the following few days afterwards, after you've done a set of night shifts, you kind of have to um, rearrange kind of your sleeping pattern and we're so used to it being a certain type of weather that when we get this kind of heat wave, especially at night time, it's quite difficult to sleep. So um, I think just working in a hospital, you, you do tend to avoid the, the, the weather in general. So, you know, when you do have those little moments when you're outside and out and about and you're getting the sun, um, it's nice during the day, but at night it's a little bit difficult to cope Of course, with. and you've been talking about night shifts, and we've mentioned the NHS, so it'd be really awesome for you to kind of share with us what you're doing at the NHS at the moment. So I graduated as a dentist um, a couple of years ago, um, and at the moment I'm doing a hospital um, training post in uh, maxillofacial surgery, so it's basically head and neck. So it's kind of the side of dentistry where we, we deal with things like facial traumas, mm-hmm. so kind of broken bones, broken jaw bones, big dental infections. Um, so it's nice kind of just working in a hospital and seeing that side of dentistry, uh, which can be quite difficult, uh, quite different to normal general practice. Now, uh, folks, if you've just tuned in, you are listening to Kamil Mahmoud, who is my guest on the show this morning. The time is 11.13 and um, Kamil is joining us all the way from Birmingham this morning. He's not at work. Normally, he's working shifts. He has a very interesting shift pattern. Um, So thank you so very much for joining us this morning, Kamil. And um, the sky, you say, is still blue in Birmingham, which is lovely to hear. Um, And we've been asking our listeners this morning, if you graduated in a degree is that the career you're in now so Carmel, have you always um been interested in the work in, in the work working for the nhs did you start out with a degree in dentistry yeah so so i think initially i wanted to do medicine um but with life it's sort of you come across certain obstacles and it kind of changed your trajectory um and so initially i went to do medicine and then um, i didn't get the grades that i wanted um i did get an offer to study um a science at, at king's college london and it was quite a good degree so i went for it um and it was about halfway through the degree um that i realized that dentistry was was a lot more what i kind of wanted mm. out of the career um and i applied for that and i got in and uh, it was a five-year degree finished that and uh, kind of near the beginning of the dentistry degree is when I start, sort of started getting involved in, in spoken word and, and poetry and writing and engaging with the Birmingham kind of creative scene. Wow. Um, so you've so, just... Yeah I, yeah, yeah, I graduated in dentistry. I'm doing dentistry, but it's sort of, I'm doing also, I'm writing and, uh, you know, touring this book as much as I can as well at the same time. And we're going to be talking about this passion for creativity that you have um, very, very shortly. But um, one thing is quite apparent is the fact that it's never too late to kind of change direction, even whilst in a degree from listening to you. 
No, I don't think so. Um, and I think it's really easy for us to start doing a degree and thinking, okay, this is this is the way I'm going to do things. Um, and I think just nowadays, kind of the millennial perception mm. of, of work, um, you know, it's, it's not how it used to be where, you know, you'd start, you'd do a degree, you know, you'd, you'd find out what you want to do, do a degree, start doing the degree, and then just do that all the way until you retire. Um, nowadays, you know, a lot, a lot of people are dipping and diving into different careers and different uh, different jobs and trying to gain experience as they go along and, and not thinking I'm going to stay in this job mm. for the next 20 so They're not really thinking that long term and I think that's just how, how the climate is nowadays, um, especially with just things like zero hours contracts. Mm. And, um, it, it's more about trying to take uh, as much experience as you can from each opportunity and then um, and uh, develop yourself rather than kind of stay in one career and develop yourself in that one career. Um, and I think nowadays people are a lot more um, aware of how experience itself is, mm. is a lot more valuable than, say, just degrees. Um, and, you know, I think university is great. You know, I've got two degrees, <laughs> so I can't, I can't really talk down mm. on universities. But um, nowadays, I don't think a degree alone is enough. Right. Even in vocational degrees, so um, everyone's looking for opportunities, and universities mm. are great spaces as well, especially with you know different societies, have a lot of skills, and 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 work in different in different organisations that you that you know you are interested in, or even if you just you know as a hobby, you can develop your hobbies and pick up skills that way. Now, um, university so, yeah. societies you've just mentioned there are a beautiful opportunity to kind of explore what you like what you dislike and yeah. it's, it's kind of that community um uh, outreach as well now were you part of any creative writing um societies at university and uh, how did the, the the desire for writing come about actually at, at university there wasn't that many creative writing societies um, it was only as i was leaving actually that i realized because obviously I was on a campus that was uh, healthcare related, so we had all the kind of biomedical students, the dentists, uh, the medics um, at our campus, and then there was another campus nearby which kind of dealt with the humanities and, and English and that kind of thing. And I think there was um, uh, the kind of poetry and the kind of writing that I was into, it wasn't that mainstream in mm-hmm. terms of university sense. I mean, there were universities in London, like SOAS, um, that had quite booming spoken word societies and, and did poetry of that kind and did regular events. So, you know, I'd, I'd try and go to as many of those as I can. Um, uh, there was a Decolonizing the Mind Society at SOAS, which just did really great events. Um, but at King's, um, there wasn't a huge amount in terms of spoken word and poetry. Um, I got involved in the Kashmir Solidarity Movement in, in my final year at university and we started putting on events that were more related to poetry and, and, and mm. arts and that was great to have because you know there was quite a sizable Pakistani community at our university and also surrounding universities and forming those links with the universities and, and getting getting people from you know different parts of Kashmir to come in and, and you know listen to just the talks that we did and um, the guests that we had and wow. we did some performances and I did some performances so it was um, now this is really quite tremendous because when we think of um, creativity, we always seem to associate it maybe with the Pakistani um, community as there seems to be a thriving arts, uh, culturally arts um, uh, community there. However, the Kashmiri or the from Azad Kashmir, I don't really see an emergence there. And the fact that you were part of a Kashmiri solidarity society at university and you had p- performances of poetry being showcased 
How awesome was that? Was that actually in English, Urdu, or Bihari? Oh no, it was in English, but there were, there were obviously there were some like Bihari words here and there. I'm not I'm not like a great speaker when it comes to the language. Um, I was born and raised here. I've not actually ever been to Pakistan. I'm planning on going hopefully in a month or so with with, with a charity organisation. Um, but kind of my relationship with language, with a lot of you know, similarly to a lot of people who kind of grown up here, is there is sometimes a disconnect, and I think. Mm-hmm. With writing itself, it kind of allowed me an opportunity to explore that. Um, mm. And the book itself, it does have a lot of Bihari in it. It has got a lot of um, uh, connection to Kashmiri, to Mirpuri, um cultures and, you know, things that we, you know, growing up that we can relate to, um, food, language, um, how we deal with death, marriage, that kind of thing. Um, so there's a lot, of, there's a lot of content in there that is relatable to, to people from that part of the world. And um, I think when I wrote the book, it, it was something that I wanted to represent because, you know, the area of Spark Hill, Birmingham, I think it doesn't tend to have a lot of representation. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you'll have this outside perspective of a certain area and it being like a, a Muslim area predominantly and it being also an area of, of, of kind of constant change and this dynamic change of immigration as well. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, it had a very sizable Irish community in, in the 70s, 80s and then with the, you know, there was an influx then of, of, of a South Asian community within the 90s and 2000s and, and now it's kind of more leaning toward an influx of, of Eastern European mm-hmm. um, and uh, like East African. Um, and, you know, the Stratford Road I think is a really interesting space and I think it took me going away to university, you know, living in London for eight years and then coming back to actually see it for what it is, which is quite an interesting space mm. there's, there's a lot from a creative point of view that you know that can kind of catalyze that that creativity and i think you know you mentioned when it came to kashmiri posts and that kind of thing i think there is an issue in general when it comes to south asian creatives that we don't tend to have that that great a platform mm. um and it does tend to, it's like with any other field it tends to be kind of an elitist thing so it's um uh, changing that i think is an interesting thing and um i think with the book itself, one of my aims was to have, you know, young, if there are young poets out there, if there are young creators out there, if they can read the book and, you know, relate to it and see themselves in literature, you know, it's not the, I think that is an important thing. Mm-hmm. Now, you've talked about the creative scene being quite elitist, but do you feel that um, to be heard, you need to own that space, you need to create those spaces? Now, this, um, interestingly, interesting is that there are these spaces are emerging, um, but not much is known about them. Um, what was your first experience, apart from the Kashmiri Solidarity Society, um, when it c- came down to poetry and the spoken word scene when did you decide that you wanted to kind of enter this this wonderful realm of creativity so it was, it was about five six years ago um so i just uh, i'd kind of pretty started my dentistry degree and i remember there was just a period where i think i was pretty much going through like a depressive phase and i needed something that was a bit different to just what i was doing and i was revising and one of my friends kind of recommended let's you know they've got tickets for for an event, a poetry event, because one of her friends was, was was a poet. And I thought, oh, why not? It's a nice day. Why not get out and try something new, see what it's like? And I went there, and um, it was this event in Birmingham called Level Up. Um, and the, the premise with with the event was to kind of have an, uh, an emerging poet, a young emerging poet, coupled with, with an established poet. And the poet at the time was, was a poet called Polar Bear, and he's, he's originally from Birmingham, but I think he, he's working around Camden now at the moment in London and um, I remember just going and kind of just listening to 
just the poetry itself and also just the open mic. You have these, you know, 15, 16, 17-year-olds just talking about these really complex topics through spoken word in a way that, you know, it was an art form that I'd never experienced. And I always had an appreciation for language, but I never could see that, you know, poetry and writing could be, could be um, uh, communicated in this way, mm. in a way that is very engaging. And it was quite an inspiring thing. And I remember um, one of my friends, Amir Saleh, she, she was there, and I think actually, actually you know, um, that was the first time I met her in person. Um, and she was doing a Gold Arts Award, and at the time I wanted to... I, you know, I'd, already, I'd always done visual art from when I was younger, and I kind of thought, because I was going through this, oh, um, I kind of want to distract myself and maybe go back into doing visual art and maybe kind of establish myself as a visual artist, and she invited me to do this Gold Arts Award with her, and it was a really good opportunity to just kind of go around Birmingham and, and go to museums and go to events and review events and you know, mm. make those networks. Um, and I also met uh, met Beat Freaks as well, the, the CEO of Beat Freaks, um, Anissa Gardi. So she actually went to my sixth form. So I re-met her after a few years, and she was then. And uh, you know, she had Beat Freaks, which is this kind of social enterprise, an amazing one, which works with young people. And I kind of just got involved with them, going to their events, getting involved in their their writing workshops. And I just thought, why not? You know, it's something I really appreciate. Why not see mm. if I can do it? And you haven't looked back. You haven't looked back. No, You've no. gone and performed at some <laughs> tremendous spaces with. Uh, spaces that are nationally recognised from the Hippodrome, um, working on poetry festivals and, and also showcasing at BBC Asian Network um, events as well. It seems to be you've naturally fallen into this space. Has it been as easy as it looks? Oh, no, nowhere near. I was saying to some of my friends recently where it was just, <laughs> it, it all looks very easy from the outside point of view, but mm -hmm. it's sort of, there are so many there's so many opportunities for especially when it comes to juggling two careers so many opportunities that you have to miss out on um, right because it just it's just impossible for you to do um and uh, you know there's a, there's a lot of stuff in in the background like a lot, there's a lot of time um because uh, you realize you know once you've got a career an established career and it, it takes up a lot of your time you realize how important your time is of course um, now that time so, on the note of time we are heading off to a yeah. break Carmel, and we will be joining you straight after the break so folks he's not going away um we're going to be hearing from Carmel pop performing from mute men his very very compelling debut poetry book which has a bit of sprinkling of mirbury in it too bahari too so i'm really quite intrigued so Carmel's uh, not going to go away join me straight after the break we'll be talking to him about his work as a uh, an activist, dentist, and poet. So, Assalamu alaikum. Join me straight after this. Assalamu alaikum. This is Atif Nawaz, and you're listening to an Inspire FM podcast. Catch a creative vibe on the Urban Cube with Sister Shamiza. Good morning and assalamu alaikum. It is the Urban Cube. This is Shamiza taking you all the way up to 12 o'clock with some awesome creative conversations with trailblazers across the country uh, joining me on the show this morning. We had the absolute pleasure of speaking to Amin Atik, who made the BBC Word first final um, on Saturday with her piece, My Mother's Anthem in a Foreign Place, that she 
performed that on the show this morning. It was an absolute pleasure to have her perform that piece, a beautiful, poignant piece. If you've missed it, you can catch her piece on the repeat of the show at 8 p.m. Remember, we are podcast, Facebook Live, and also Podbean, and, and on the app too. It's 11.31, and we're beaming out to the absolutely wonderful people. Luton surrounding areas, Peterborough and Sheffield, on Sheffield, Link FM, and Peterborough. It's Salam Radio. So a massive big salam to you guys. I hope you're having a fantastic Monday morning. Do tell us where you're tuning in from. Now, the question this morning is, if you have graduated in a degree, is that the career you're, you are in now? Is that the career that you're in now? Now, I have the absolute pleasure of joining, being joined by a very, very talented, tremendous young poet who is not just a poet, he's also an activist, a charitable pioneer, a published poet and a dentist. Yes. Can you have it all? He sure can. He is the author of a wonderful poignant profound book a it's his debut collection of poetry which is called um mute men which is very quite fetching and fitting for present day really because we're finding the number of uh, cases and research suggesting that men are um, greatly impacted by mental health and are not really and the issue is not being addressed fully however um, Kamil Mahmoud, my uh, guest this morning, has really, really taken upon himself to share his creativity, but also share this understanding that mental health and men is an issue and more needs to be done about it. Now, his book, um, described by Caleb Femi, a very prominent poet, is a powerful and timely collection exploring the tensions carries by, carried by many British South Asian men. Kamal's poems are steeped in empathy and dazzling lyricism as he integrates race, masculinity and religion within his community. This is an important piece of British poetry. And I have the absolute pleasure of Carmel joining me this morning. Once again, his description is a poet, he's a spoken word and visual artist, born and raised in Birmingham, and his work explores identity, community, Islam, the British-Pakistani diaspora, masculinity, and inter- international activism. Assalamu alaikum, Carmel. Thank you so very much for staying with us this morning and I'm sure our listeners are super eager to hear more. Um, Dentist by day, you're actively um, working in the NHS. Mashallah, this morning you're joining us because you're not on duty so it's an absolute pleasure. Thank you for your time um, all the way from Birmingham this morning and you're sharing your passion for creativity. Now, I just touched on mental health and men a very very key issue we're seeing a lot of research we're seeing um, newspaper reports we're seeing organizations set up because the issue of mental health and men is not going away and we're seeing more and more people speaking about it Um, (laughs) what's your thoughts on this as a young man (coughs) working in the NHS but also super creative and written um, a book like this as a form of expression as a man 
What are my thoughts on what, sorry? Mental health and men. Uh, on mental health and men. Oh, so my thoughts are, in general, you know, we all suffer from... There's a misunderstanding when it comes to mental health as it being these very specific chronic conditions. But everyone... Mental health is like any other form of health. The only issue is that we, we tend to stigmatize it, especially within our communities. Um, and on top of that, there's an issue with men and mental health where it's more difficult for us to seek help. Mm-hmm. Um, and the taboo of what it is to be a man and what, what it is to be actually feeling kind of mentally unstable at that time. Um, I think it has, it's to our detriment when it comes to trying to, to seek help. Um, and it's difficult to find those networks and to find people in which to actually express your thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, because even, you know, you'll find your own family and your own friends, you know, people that you will, you, you've known for years and years and years. Um, you are unable to speak about these things to you. And in some cases, it can be a lot easier to speak to a complete stranger about your issues. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of piloted this, uh, an idea of a thing called kind of hashtag sound out Sundays, where every Sunday I gave an opportunity for a few hours to, to kind of people on my social media to to get in contact and just kind of discuss anything that was bothering them, anything they wanted to speak about. Wow. Um, and it, it wasn't specifically targeted to men, it was pretty much targeted to everyone. So mm-hmm. you know, you'd get a range, of, a range of people talking about a range of, of issues. You know, and in some cases it was very, very deep, and in some cases it was just, you know, we just wanted to have a chat about something that was bothering them, and they wanted some advice on something. Um, and, you know, it was quite a good response. And I think when it came to writing the book as well, the idea behind a lot of it is to talk about things that we as men tend to not talk about. Mm. Um, and I think having spoken to people who have read the book, it sort of, for some of them, kind of helped dismantle a little barrier to think, oh, okay, you know, you've written this book and a lot of it is kind of, it's quite an honest piece and it's quite a vulnerable piece. Um, and there's a lot of stuff in there that you think, oh, wow, did you really write that in the book? Like, uh, And I think it kind of gives permission to other people to then feel, okay, well, if he can start talking about these things, why can't I? Because mm. it's very brave and you are in a very vulnerable position because you're actually projecting all your you know, your inter- internal thoughts, your feelings, your emotions, um, so publicly. Yeah, and I think, you know, poets in general, I think it comes from just being able to kind of write something and then mm. just sit on stage in front of a mic mm. to a group of strangers. And you also kind of practice that um, that way of expressing yourself because you're literally just speaking to strangers about it. But saying that, it can be quite difficult to still speak to your own friends because I remember when I was <laughs> inviting friends and family to the launch, that was the one thing I was worried about. Because I, wow. oh, I don't know if they even read the book. I don't, I don't know if they are, you know, they even like poetry or if they, they can engage with this type of writing. But it was quite a good response. I think that was one of the most memorable things during the launch. Um, we did it in Birmingham in Waterstone, um, and it was a great turnout. Um, yeah, it's, it's quite a memorable experience. But yeah, my thoughts in general is there is an issue, um, and I'm all for trying to find ways mm. of of kind of tackling those issues and making it easy for people. Because, you know, suicide rates are increasing. Yes. Um, people are living with depression. Um, and uh, it's something that we don't tend to speak about. Mm. In our community specifically, we, we stigmatize these. So if we know if someone has a mental health issue instantly, we think, okay, well, you're crazy then. And then that has an effect. That has an effect on your, the reputation of your family. And sometimes I think, you know, in our communities, we tend to worry more about reputation than... Yeah, what people think giving help to people that need help mm. because you know we wouldn't even think twice about you know giving treatment to someone who had cancer or you know giving a diabetic insulin but when it comes to with mental health and counseling that's seen as 
as as no, we can't we can't admit that we've got a problem, but but it's not helping anyone. Um, and you know, I'd love for people to read the book and then for them to think, okay, this is important. Now, the book you're talking about is Mute Men. This is your debut, um, a collection of uh, poems that you have penned yourself. Not only just penned the words, but also the illustrations. It's beautifully illustrated, and Thank you, very much. Um, you have done the illustrations. So it's kind of you get your writing and your artwork all in one now how yeah, can one. Mm, how can people get access to mute men how can people follow hashtag sound it out sundays um okay so with sound it out sundays i guess you could you could follow me on instagram um but i'd say more so when it comes to i mean there's details of that in the book but the book itself you can get it from um, it's published by verb poetry press so you can get it from their website but it's also on sale on um, on Waterstones. Um, it's also in Foils online store. Um, I think the Telegraph's bookstore as well. It's on there. Wow, I some really good platforms. I, it's not honest, an Emmy book, is aware. it? <laughs> no, I wasn't aware. I wasn't aware because I thought it was just on the Verve. Verve. Um, right. It's also on eBay. It's on Amazon as well. Um, although there's currently some issues with Amazon because the, for some reason it's on Amazon, but the image of the book is not on Amazon. So okay. Forget about Amazon for now. But yeah, it's on eBay and it's on everywhere. You can access this book. Could you give us your yeah. Twitter handle for anybody who's wanting to kind of get in touch? Because I absolutely love hashtag Sound It Out Sundays, where you're reaching out to listener of uh, the, the general public, really, to get them to talk about mental health. So your Twitter handle is. So you can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. So it's at Camel M Poet. So that's mm-hmm. K-A-M-I-L and then M and then Poet. Fantastic. Now, Camel M Poet, I'm sure our listeners are eagerly awaiting an extract from Mute Men. Um, I understand this is an ode to Birmingham that you're going to be performing for us. Yeah, because, uh, you know, specifically when it comes to Birmingham, my area, I think the poem, it, it, it kind of, shows what, one of the aspects of the book that I want to get across is that, you know, there's a side to Birmingham and there's a side to Sparkfield that you've never even considered. Mm. And um, uh, it's, it's a side which is kind of seeped in culture and seeped in, 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 in different aspects of that, and it's a very international piece. Um, yeah, so... The mic is all yours. So if you could speak um, a little louder so that we can uh, hear you clearly. Folks, this is the Urban Cube. And the time is 11.41 and you're listening to me, Shamiza, taking all the way to 12 o'clock. Now, uh, my guest, Kamal Mahmood, is a poet um, who is also the author of an absolutely tremendous, profound poignant book called Mute Men and we have the absolute pleasure of having him perform a piece Ode to Birmingham. Camille? You can't call this place Birmingham. The immigrants carry keys in their wicked hands as does the refugee on her stone henge back. Ghosts of colonialism walking through one another sciatica of foreign policy, mutated cancer estate, expanding like a fetus, so you see cancer. More people per room than correct, piled so high they can't get planning permission, no card machine, ever. Inevitably shouting down the phone to their cousin in Mirpur or Silet, like they're on the other side of a river, an uncommon wealth. You tuck and roll your eyes, kiss your mottled teeth, then go home to your picket fence, 
your pocket universe and tell your bored wife you can't call this Birmingham. Our food spills into the streets, our milkless tea and tealess milk, our masculine skirts, our skinless selves. In Somali town, the men sit on muddied garden furniture, chewing their traumas with God, talking politics and wives, laughing with their arms, Arabic, an unbrummy rhythm. Squint, and you smell Dara Salam, barbecued tarmacs and singed earth. She picks through the watermelons, patting them encouragingly like a ummi did. Her husband sniffing tanya like he even knows what he's doing. Another cooks corn, lacing the kernels with butter, bathing them with salt. Children scuttle into one another, clawing like cubs, commenting on the footy on the field reserved for old Akis. You can't call this Birmingham. Past the president's suite where the first of our generation got married. First divorced through. Such a waste. It'd make a great masjid or a youth center. Shouldn't masjids feel like youth centers? It persisted through multiple fires. The kids blamed the jinns. The adults blamed the compensation. Wow. You took us on a bit of a journey there. That was a piece performed by Kamal Mahmoud um, and Ode to Birmingham. I'm quite flabbergasted because that was quite a journey that we travelled through Birmingham there. Very (laughs) honest, very raw, but very real. How real? That's what um, only you would know because you live there. Um, but there was lots of medical <laughs> medical links. You use sciatica uh, as yeah, a description no. in there. And I'm just thinking, gosh, that's painful. <laughs> it's supposed to be. Um, you know, a lot, a lot of people have noticed that as well. Um, I, I think it's, it's a common thing, actually, when you get kind of scientifically mm. inclined um, poets, um, there's a lot of anatomy. There's a lot mm. of kind of language that we that we kind of take from from physiology and and you know because when I look at art as well, it's, it's, uh, science itself just kind of supports that. It's seen as for some reason we see you know separation mm. in creativity and, and and artist and artistry, um, sorry creativity and and things like scientific things. But like when, you know when you speak to surgeons when you when you see surgery in action, you just realise how much of an art form like picking up scalpel and. and um, there isn't really that separation. We just mm-hmm. have that separation in our head. I think it's just easier for kind of an education now, point of view to, to to go down certain, you know, to compartmentalize everything. Now, this is what makes your writing very interesting: the fact that you are used, able to use scientific terms and and kind of you know um, manipulate that with the words of everyday language. It's a real celebration. You've been called a zeitgeist of poetry uh, for present day, um, you know the poetry scene which is really quite uh, intriguing now this poem um how does it make you feel when you perform it and how does your audience in particular the audience in birmingham um, relate to it because you talk about the somali community you've mentioned your cultural upbringing we hear a bit of coriander we hear a bit like um chai there as well and council estates it's a mishmash of everything and anything Mm-hmm. I think it depends on the audience. So I think we'll say with younger audiences when we're doing it in, in events where they are younger, say Somali, younger Pakistani poets, um, um, kind of just creators or people that have just come to listen to poetry. You know, they really appreciate, oh, you're talking about Stratford Road, you're talking about that, that bus that oh. I show, that's, that's, they can relate to that. Yeah. And then when you're in areas that are just completely not, like completely 
kind of white working class areas mm. i don't know it's seen as oh that's, i didn't know about that and, mm. and you know they, they'll come up after you and they'll ask you loads of questions and, and that's good as well i think because again like you know there is this outsider's perspective and sort of mm. unless you've gone there unless you've been raised yes. or, um you, you don't really know it, it, it comes from a space of ignorance but not yes. from a space of prejudice in a way of course and this element of fear <laughs> fear of yeah, the yeah. unknown and if you're able to yeah. share use a platform to educate because you are educating your listeners about a world that they may not have experienced and it's creating these images in your head um now you've come from that the core of of birmingham spark hill you've come out of there you're a successful um a medical practitioner you're a dentist you're a published poet um you've performed at some of the most um notable platforms and festivals um so positive good things can come out of inner city areas you're the proof of it oh no definitely definitely i definitely um but also i think when it comes to things like inequalities or access to education Mm -hmm. we always have to kind of look at we have to try and make it easier for everyone, make it equal for everyone, because mm-hmm. it's, it's very easy to look at someone as an individual. And, um, you know, there are, there are a lot of issues when it comes to access to education in our country um, mm-hmm. and within Birmingham as well. And, you know, like the things I've achieved, I've not, I've not, I've not been able to achieve them at all um, with regards to, like, it, nothing's been done alone. It's always been done with support of kind of friends and family. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I wouldn't be able to do what I'm doing now without the support of my my you know, my parents who always kind of massively pro-education um, and would do every, everything they can to kind of give us those opportunities to, even though they come from kind of working class background, my dad was born in Pakistan, my mom was born here, but she's, you know, but my nani was born in Pakistan. So it's sort of, um, it's it's great, you know, when there is a success story, but we also need to be aware of kind of, you know, we can't use exceptions mm-hmm. to kind of say oh this is easy for everyone right it isn't. So, of course and there are there are issues and you know one of the big things when it came to kind of getting involved in youth work and writing and creativity for me is i'd love to kind of be a um what's the word like someone someone that people can look up to role model mentor yeah 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 so because maybe they don't have that at home because mm. um, you know when i look at even in my immediate family I look at my cousins you know there's there's been a lot of kind of wasted opportunities right um, just because maybe they don't have the best role model. Mm. So if I can be a role model to someone and kind of be pro-education and be, you know, kind of give them that courage to take chances, and you know, then I think that's a good thing. Now, you are definitely a role model. I'm sure our listeners will agree with that. Um, doing so, so well in uh, not just academia in a scientific medical profession, but also in your creative profession too. But it doesn't stop there. When we talk about you reaching out to young people, you've done that very successfully in some of the projects that you've done in Sparkle. You haven't forgotten your roots, which is so, so awesome. But you're also internationally inclined as well and working with charities abroad. Tell us a little bit about the work that you're doing um, abroad. Uh, Carmel. So you know, there's a couple of charities that are, that I think are doing great work, and I'm, I'm, I've done work with them in the past, and I want to do work with them in the future as well. Um, so there's an organisation called Refugee Crisis Foundation, um, which started off delivering um, kind of dental camps in mm. in in refugee, so, dent, so kind of access to dental emergency dental care in refugee camps. So we went to um, the jungle in Calais. Um, you know, a lot of refugees there, especially like Syria and Afghan, Pakistani descent. Um, and in these areas, you know, they don't have access to the dental care. So when they get kind of blinding dental pain, I'm sure a lot of your listeners can appreciate, you know, mm. when you're in dental pain, you're in dental pain, it takes it takes over everything. Um, 
but they don't have access. They don't have you know someone that they can go to or a dentist that can have a look inside their mouth or take out a tooth if they need it taken out, you know, put filling if they need it putting it. So it was a great opportunity to go there and just kind of speak to these people and set this up and work with other dentists and, and, and kind of dental nurses and, um, and and adapt to that situation. But Refugee Crisis Foundation are actually doing a lot of work internationally now. Um, they're moving into Pakistan and they're not, they're kind of going beyond dentistry itself. Mm-hmm. They're looking at other aspects of refugee care and holistic care. So, uh, you know, it, it, Healthcare is only one way that you can help refugees. You know, they need education, they need housing, they need clothing, they need all these other things. Of course. Short-term and long-term. And mm-hmm. a lot of charities, you know, the, you know, the different roles that charities play. But I think we, as people, we tend to kind of want to be giving money more for kind of these acute situations mm-hmm. where there's an emergency going on and, and that's great. But sometimes we do forget kind of long-term how we're making a difference in people's lives because I think it's in the long-term that's actually a lot more difficult because we can, you know, we can give someone food for a day and they can they can survive for that day, but how do they survive for a year? Yeah, it's about um, so sustainability. It's exactly, yeah. So it's, it's making kind of the sustainable collections um, and, they, you know, they're going to Pakistan as well. I'm, think, I'm considering going to Pakistan as well in the next month. And that's your uh, first time ever visiting Pakistan? Yeah, so that'll be uh, that'll be new, and I'm sure there'll be a nice a nice uh, few poems that will come out of that. Experience. <laughs> <laughs> Are you always um, writing wherever you're going? How do you you know? No, I'm not actually. I'm not because the thing is, you go through these. It's like with any artist, you go, you kind of dip and dive. You go through situations where you you're really inspired to write something, mm-hmm. and then there'll be just these periods where you just have to manage with the rest of life and, mm. and, and juggle everything else. And then, you know, there'll be, there'll be situations where something really annoys you or, you know, you really, you know, something, even when something frustrates you, that can inspire you in a way as well. So you might feel that you want to write something down or create something. Um, no, no. I when I, yeah. Sorry, you were going to say, we, we are heading to the end of the show and I did want to kind oh, of ask yeah. you about, it's not only overseas charitable work that you're uh, passionate about working with refugees, but also um, you're very you're very involved with the disability community as well, the disabled community as a workshop facilitator. Um, share with us why that's, impo- that's, that's important for you to be being involved in. Well, again, it comes down to inequality, and especially within our community as well. You know, we do have quite a high rate of, of disabilities, um, and it, it, again, it, there's a taboo attached to that. There's an issue of access to education, um, access in general to services, um, and I think it is important to um, to try and give, you know, try and give everyone the same opportunities so that they can thrive. Um, so when I was at university, I got involved in kind of the KCL Disability Awareness Society. Um, you know, we set up uh, basic sign language um, uh, classes for students that they could just kind of learn different ways of communicating Mashallah. with people of different kind of uh, levels of deafness. Um, and also we got involved in the local community centre in East London, which um, caters specifically to um, people who had mental health issues and, you know, put on... Um, uh, events and, and provided them a safe space for them to come together and and you know just just socialize with other people because mm. you know that's another aspect of mental health where you just kind of isolate yourself and you don't have people that you can talk to that you feel that on your wavelength um, and you know we were setting up kind of poetry workshops there as well and um, they did some great work um, so I would I feel like when it comes to disability and activism I'm really support it as much as I can. And if anything, if there are opportunities in Birmingham, if there's anyone listening, if there's opportunities in Birmingham or, situ- or anything that I've spoken to in regards to this, um, I'd, you know, I'd love for you to, to reach out and get in contact. Definitely. And, and could you share with us how people can get in contact with you? 
Yeah, so again, through my, my handles. So um, my Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook are at Tamil M Poet. So, you know, if you, if you want to get in contact or you want some advice or if you want some, even some advice on getting into dentistry, you know, I've done that before. We've done workshops on that. If, you've got any, if you want any advice on how to start writing, then I'm more than happy to give you some advice or kind of get you in contact with people that I know. Um, yeah, I'm happy to do that. Fantastic. Goodness me, Carmel. It's been an absolute pleasure listening to you. Is there anything you can't do? How round are your rotis? <laughs> They're, they're okay. They're not too bad, to be honest. <laughs> Wonderful. It's been an absolute pleasure having you join us this morning, Kamal. Good luck with everything you're doing, especially this visit to Pakistan for the charitable, charitable work that you're doing um, and sharing with us the fantastic piece, Ode, Ode to Birmingham from Mute Men. Um, it's, uh, thank you so very much, Kamal. Is there anything you want to say to our listeners just before you go? We've got 26 seconds to head to the break. Um no, I just think uh, thank you for, for listening to me. Thank you for having me. Um, I think it's a great thing in terms of your, your radio station to have this, this platform and to, to, to speak out to other people, especially Muslims as well, because Fantastic. we don't have, to have that much mainstream places to do that. Brilliant. Thank you so very much, Carmel. That was Carmel Mahmoud. And this is the end of the show and catches on the repeat at 8 p.m. this evening. Assalamu alaikum. Thank you for listening to our podcast. We stream our daily broadcast on inspirefm.org. You'll find all our daily updates on our social media at InspireFM Luton.